The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dornbush. This is Beyond, episode 593, IGN's weekly PlayStation show where we tell you about the latest and greatest going on in the world of PlayStation, even when they're not at E3, because there's still a lot happening. Uh, I am joined this week by Tom Marks. Hello! Thank you for being on the show, Tom. Thank you Glad for to having have you here. Yeah. As well as the Blue Jeans brothers, Brian Altano <laughs> and Max Scoville. Yeah, we, Beyond. we accidentally match like yeah. idiots. Yeah, I think we had a case of the Tuesday sads. We look like double bullies. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Someone. Uh, Frog and Toad are friends. <laughs> <laughs> Someone mocked us a few weeks ago for all being dressed in black. I'm like, yeah. that's just San Francisco. Yeah, that's it was rainy and sad here. I so. either dress like a Berlin nihilist or uh, Jimmy Buffett, so I am clearly a man of many, <laughs> two different notes there. Um, unrelated to what we're wearing today. Wanted to say a few things before we jump into the show. First of all, E3 is coming up soon. Of course, Sony is not at E3, but we the will all be at The biggest PlayStation E3. event of all time. <laughs> because it will feature the four of us and Lucy. Uh, we'll be, of course, covering E3 in full on IGN. We'll have a lot more to talk about all of the plans that will be happening at the show. Obviously, if you're at the show, since it is open to the public, please feel free to say hi. Yep. Know that we may be running to and from appointments, so if you see us there, we may only be able to literally say hi, but we will always be happy to say hi to you. And That's true. Beyond. Um, in addition to that, of course, we've been mentioning it for the last few weeks, we are going to be doing a live 600. Can I tell you about it in full detail? No. When will I be able to tell you about it in full detail? I don't know. Why don't I know? Stop asking me so many questions, Jonathan. Anyway, um, of course, we would like to be able to tell you more about Beyond 600, but we are planning something. Just there's a lot of moving parts and hands it has to go through before we can get the okay to publish all the information about it. We are looking again, though, for the end of June, the very end of June. So plan to keep that week free if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area or can travel to the San Francisco Bay Area. Perfect. Without any further delay, though, let's get into news crunch. <laughs> yeah, there it is again. That's every time. Yeah, that no, good old noise. Uh, because <laughs> of the child and the drum. <laughs> by the time the show publishes, we will not be able to uh, really have talked about it. We're recording before this happens, but a Death Stranding trailer is happening this week. As Kojima has been teasing for quite a few weeks, there is going to be a Death Stranding trailer on May 29th, of course, the day this episode is coming out. Mm -hmm. So without wanting to spend too much time on what will happen in the trailer, Max, tell us everything you think is going to happen in the trailer in the next two minutes. 
Oh, crap and a hat. Man, I think it's going to emphasize the, uh, I don't know, maybe the multiplayer side of this or like the weird time manipulation things that are going on. Uh, the whole, the, the chirality of it all. There's been a lot of handprint stuff. He's, he's using the new slogan, push the rope and the future is in your hands. And I think it's going to be like, you got to carry your own. Li- I don't know what this game is about. Nobody knows what this game is about. We've been like hypothesizing about it. I read, I read a bunch of books and I, read, I watched a German TV show and I'm like, are there clues in here? I don't know. There, there's Did like, you oh, find any clues? No, not really. No. I watched okay. the uh, yeah the show Dark has like a lot of similar. It's like a Netflix mm. show. It has a lot of similar sort of beats and like f- cinematography. And then I don't I don't I don't think that's I don't think it has anything to do with it. I think it's just a good show. I don't, I don't know. Like I read Slaughterhouse Five because Kojima was like tweeting at the Blu-ray of Slaughterhouse Five, and he's like this. Might, I'm like, is this a clue? Does this happen? And I was like, I have no idea. I don't know what this game is about. I'm excited for it though. It's gonna be a good time. It's good. I'm- I'm sure the trailer will give us nothing but explicit and clear answers to all of our questions. Totally. What if it does? What if they pull a rock star and they come out and they're like, Here's Death, how Death Stranding works. In Death Stranding, players take on the role of Porter, played by Norman Reedus, as he transports his magic fetus across the wasteland of the future. I think the rope is an umbilical cord. I think the rope is time itself made into flesh. I think it's just a rope. I think he really likes it. Just, just a rope? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes a rope is just a rope. You know what they say, though, is to use the stick to push people away and the rope to bring them closer. It's almost like they loot a narrative. It could, I don't know what the game is about. <laughs> and I'm sure we will tomorrow slash today as you're listening to this. Um, knowing that, of course, past trailers have given us Guillermo del Toro and Mads Mikkelsen, among many other famous people, of course, Norman Reedus. Do you think we'll see another celebrity cameo of one of Kojima's friends? Who do you think it will be? Jim Brewer. <laughs> 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 Hit 90s TV sitcom star Jim Brewer uh-huh. will return from his coveted pot comedy tour across some of your favorite community colleges over the last seven years to star in Death Stranding. And the rope is a fat doobie. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, We're I, coming in hot off a three-day weekend, y'all. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. This is what we should expect. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going think to... I think we've seen the full cast at this yeah, point. I think we're going to see... I think it'd be very likely to see a cut scene that actually sort of help set the stage a bit more because mm-hmm. everything's yeah. been very much like tone piece sort of like just weird out there art house stuff i feel like this is going to do that thing where it like cuts between different characters giving exposition i think that still won't make sense i think yeah. the story will be utter nonsense but it'll be really fun um i think that like metal gear was utter nonsense but it also got to be utter nonsense over the course of like nine games where people were sort of piecing together this entire universe and alternate timelines mm-hmm. and, and all these different characters. And this is him basically, weird that he's saying rope, but untethered from like this, this studio climate of, of Konami and a history of a franchise that has expectations and a legacy. It's him going in and making something brand new and totally different. And so I think he's going to go totally off the rails and it'll be insane. The other thing I was thinking about, though, is that I think that no matter what, this game is going to have awesome gameplay. And I base that on Metal Gear Solid V, which I think had some of the best gameplay of any game of the last decade, probably. Um, I'm really in open worlds, uh, open world games. I'm not the biggest Metal Gear guy at all. I get so lost in in that whole narrative, as most people do. Uh, but Metal Gear Solid V was phenomenal and incredibly fun to play, and didn't really have an ending, and it was sort of meandering. But the moment to moment gameplay in that game was so much fun, and I'm hoping he can replicate that here to the point where the story can sort of just play as as background noise. Whether you're into it and there's lore and you care, then you can keep digging. But if it's just sort of this nonsense on the periphery while you, I don't know, Fulton things with an umbilical baby, then let's do it. Yeah. Final question, do you think we'll get a release date with it? Nope. I don't know, maybe. Tom? <laughs> no. 
I think <laughs> no. it comes out tomorrow with the trailer. What? Probably oh, not. But if we did get a PT style thing, I think we've talked about that on the show before, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, that'd be that, pretty. That'd be pretty cool. That would also kind of suck because we're in like nose down. E three crazy, yeah. but it's yeah. not for us. It's for people who are at home playing games. And we got to remember. Yep. That. Isn't it weird how Kojima made PT, which is a game about repeatedly going through the same hallway and then spent the last five years photographing all of his friends in the same in hallway the same outside hall. of his studio? <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Life imitates art. I'd love if the PT for Death Stranding took place in that hallway. That's you keep walking by. That, so good by that statue. Yes. And see what happens. And every time you're there, you're like. Wow, uh, the, they might be giants here. <laughs> Conan O'Brien, also giants. Um, 21 Goldberg. <laughs> Suicide Squad's Jared Leto. If Whoopi Goldberg is in this goddamn game. Oh my God. That would be amazing. Yeah. And not crazy. Like that. Um, I'm joined right now unexpectedly by Max Scoville. Max, before we continue, can you close the door fully so that no one's yelling in the background? Thank you, Max. That sounded uh, like an AIM sound effect. I like that. <laughs> Hold uh, on, wait, wait. I want to see if it does this, the, your crush just signed on noise. Oh. No, not really. No, no, that's not what my the crush The door is like. too well oiled. Uh, we are back, of course, not to just talk about our AIM crushes, but also to talk about the fact that the Death Stranding trailer finally came out. We have a release date for it. It was a nine-minute long trailer, debuted a bunch of new stars in it, showed a lot more gameplay, showed so much more. Uh, of course, if you're listening to this, this is coming right after we recorded before the trailer debuted. So everything we said about the trailer... This show is it might this be. show is cursed, man. I like love We are it. just... Are, we are always like, sorry, we're late, but also we had to... We're early, uh, yeah. Yeah, at least now we don't have to worry about booking studio time and can just hop in this room and That's, talk. That is pretty nice. That is yeah. the benefit of it. But yeah. So that was kind of exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, I was, I mean, Kojima definitely, he always likes to edit his own trailers. I feel like, I don't think he's a very good editor when your trailer is nine, <laughs> nine minutes, minutes and you still don't know what the game is about. <laughs> so, you know, I mean... You measure twice, cut once. Uh, brevity is the soul of wit, and all that. But uh, yeah, so it was nice to see some gameplay with uh, with HUD elements, um, little bits of UI. We got to see the that was kind of the part the of the radial menu in there. Yeah, yeah. This radial menu, and and it's like this sort of brief kind of just passing mention that like that eh, is a game about connecting things, about bridging gaps and connecting and whatever. And then this wonderful shot of sort of um, of uh, Porter. Uh, Taking out his like giant, his little giant extending ladder, like he bought off an infomercial, and using it to go up the side of a mountain, and then using rope to go down the side of a different mountain, and uh, that looks really interesting to me. I don't know if it looks like fun, fun, but it it's the kind of it feels like a more complex approach to the sort of Zelda traversal. Yeah, so I wanted to ask about what you thought of the environment and everything, because I think one of the more common criticisms I've seen, we'll talk a little bit about like some fan reactions we have from the Beyond Group and Twitter. Um, one of the things I saw most common, and I felt it a little bit, was like, man, these spaces look really empty, save for when it got into sort of the like more modern warfare-ish Realm, mm-hmm. not Call of Duty, but, uh, you know, like actual... Like literal. Literal yeah. modern warfare. Yeah. Uh, a World War One tank, so not that modern. But um, a lot of the, like, hill countryside we saw was a bit barren. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, like, are we going to be exploring a lot of land? Do you think this is going to be a little more linear than we're thinking? Like, what do you think... Uh- I, well, this is—we know this is an open-world game. Yeah, uh, I'm just curious. Wide linear. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is going to be a, similar to Phantom Pain in the sense that there are sort of—I—I I, I don't—I—I I don't want this to sound terrible. I think that there is a sort of—and I, I, Kojima could prove me wrong here. I feel like there is a, a propensity in Japanese game design to not make a fully wide-open open world. 
I think there's sort of a compartmentalization that's more common. Uh, and you see this like in literally with like with like Tokyo neighborhoods, like things just kind of go in different like Jared Petty always compared Japan to like a bento box and things have their place, which yeah. is totally completely flies in the face of what sandbox game design is. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, the idea of there being sort of different little nodes and hubs that are that all have their sort of separate purpose, but uh, maybe not necessarily having the same kind of like cohesive ecosystem we'd see from something like, uh, you know, like a, like a Skyrim or a, or a Red Dead. Yeah, I mean, even something like, obviously there were different biomes they talked about, but like Days Gone has a bit more of a general like mm-hmm. overall sense of a similar environment or you'll get things like Horizon where obviously it, it's a cohesive world, but there's the ice level and then right. the desert level. Yeah. Like there's changes there. It feels like these, based on the trailer, there are very distinct pockets and they may be removed from time i would assume to it's gonna extent. yeah and i mean the, i don't think you're gonna go around the corner and suddenly walk into world war one yeah. but i could be wrong um that will um, understandably be kind of jarring i think it's i mean we're definitely looking at some sort of time travel interdimensional stuff in here like this is this game clearly has a lot to unpack which i really really adore because uh so often we see games try to like they there's that there's the ludonarrative dissonance where there is the 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 thing that you're the thing that's happening in in the game is breaking the story and in the case of kojima this looks so completely like ethereal and weird and out there and just borderline nonsensical in that i think it's going to allow for some strange gameplay yeah um i mean if you're if your explanation for like well we gotta have a cool enemy to fight it's like well they're uh, undead time travelers. You're like, what? Why? Huh? You know. And you can maybe see the ghosts if you echolocate them. Right. Maybe. Yeah. I, 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 thought- I, I love how the more we find out about this game, the less we really understand about this game. And that's. Yeah. I mean, that's exciting because so often, like, I, I don't know. So often we know what. Like everything's sort of a known quantity. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything's very samey. I think one thing that's an interesting question mark for me is he's talked Kojima has talked about this a lot before we've really seen much of the game uh, as well as a bit on Twitter today uh, when he's been talking about the trailer and that this is meant to be a shared like experience we're going to have together and the intention of the game and its thematic points involve you know connecting with people and the importance of those connections and that's going to tie into the gameplay I wonder if what we're seeing is because this is very much a single person playing through the game how the world will change if possible when thousands millions of people mm-hmm. are playing i mean the whole way they revealed it on twitch i don't know if this was legit but i saw people on reddit first thing this morning talking about how there were uh like a, it was sort of like a, a black screen and then the more hand the more people were that were watching in the chat these handprints would show up and sort of start to reveal something it's, it's weird because it's it, it could be either way where it's like the coincidence of mm-hmm. more people were up so more people were watching yeah, it could have also or just, just time but apparently it like it dipped in and out i haven't seen oh, like a follow-up on that yeah. but i mean that does seem like the sort of thing that kojima would do oh, the absolutely. fact that like yeah. i don't know he's like oh yeah i'm doing a sequel to silent hills but uh let me let me bury that information in something <laughs> that everyone's gonna have to pick into and dig yeah. into i think that we i think we've seen like tip of the iceberg with this game yeah um and there's gonna be some kind of like some kind of crap on the back end that we don't fully yeah like I mean, PT was going to be a game that was going to ask you to, like, pair your cell phone with it so it could send you scary text messages while you were playing. <laughs> like, what the hell? Who knows what he's going to do with this now that he's been able to actually right. make it. I, I did want to ask, uh, before we get a little bit more into some of the specific, specifics of the trailer, 
How big of a game do you think this is going to be? Obviously, we're talking about these different environments and everything, but uh, Tom Marks from our team, he and I were having an interesting chat earlier about the fact that, you know, Kojima Productions has obviously been around for a few years now, but they didn't start working in full on this game until a little bit into their life cycle because obviously, you know, it took them a long time to figure out what engine they were going to use. No, I did they an interview with him and he was sort of irate that people were like, hurry it up, get get cracking on this when he's like, we had to buy a conf- we had to buy chairs for the conference room. <laughs> we had to keep, we kept holding... He's like, we kept holding meetings in restaurants because we didn't have a uh, like a kitchen to do lunch in. It was like, okay, all right, sorry, man. You yeah, know. but that's, I mean, that's kind of it. Like, I think the fact that uh, I like, I don't know if this is a case of Sony just getting the hell out of his way and letting him go nuts, um, or throwing money at him and being like, give us your best shot. Let's see what this looks like. But you look at sort of the everything that was going on with with Phantom Pain, and really a lot of Kojima's games. Um, that is coming that's attached to a giant corporation that's known for making like fitness centers and pachinko machines which i understandably have probably a slightly more uh lucrative profit margin <laughs> than triple a video game development sure. starring hollywood celebrities so like i don't know what the i don't know what's going on behind the scenes here but like it seems pretty cool that like it looks like he's kind of just going nuts yeah and i mean he always he said pretty much like every Metal Gear game, right? Like, this is my last Metal Gear game. Like, yeah. He's always wanted to move on. I to- mean, well, the big secret is like every Metal Gear game could totally exist as its own game. Like, yeah. Everything he was doing in those games had like new and weird systems. Like those were not like, I don't know, you, you play, you know, you play most other game sequels and they stay in the same box. Mm-hmm. And with the exception of like, you know, tactical stealth espionage action being sort of the core concept, there were all sorts of other strange experimental things he was playing with. Like... The fact, I mean, I, I remember after two, he was like, "Yeah, I'm done with Metal Gear," and I was like, "Anyway, here's Metal Gear Solid Three. It's a prequel, uh, and also it's like a survival game, and you have to mend your own injuries. And also, there's a whole system about eating and cooking food, and if you spin <laughs> around fast enough, you throw up. And you're like, well, are these systems going to stay in place for the next one? And like, some of them stuck around, but mostly no. Yeah. Um. So I mean, really, he's very like, he's not he's not as iterative as you'd expect for a guy who's worked on all these different games. And, yeah. Um. In this case, like. Yeah, it's still got some familiar stuff. Like, it is an open-world action game with stealth elements, which is what he's sort of known for. But he's clearly doing some other stuff that we... That he's like, he wants to, he wants to you know, create, and he wants to make new new things happen. Yeah, and... Um, but yeah, sorry. Uh, no. as, for, as for length of the game, I think that... I think it's going to be shorter than we're expecting. I feel like it's not going to be... I mean, his games are never that long. They just are... They're, like, robust. Yeah. I, I feel like the whatever the, like critical path main campaign of this game it's not going to be a 60 hour adventure it'll be much more defined but presumably have a lot to play with in the margins of it and yeah what i hope is that uh i mean my biggest issue with like with the phantom pain and everyone's always like oh i never finished and i was like well neither did kojima so (laughs) you know that that, and that joke has gotten sadder every time I, i tell it but um that game has i would say probably i don't i don't know how much story there's not a ton of story most of the story is like buried in like audio logs but like the gameplay, gameplay, and like the and the cutscene stuff are all very disparate. And like, yeah. if you play a Metal Gear game and you skip the cutscenes, that game is like, the games, are, those games aren't that long. Like most of those games are like eight to ten hours, but they have like hours and hours and hours of cutscenes, so they feel like longer experiences. Or they have like all sorts of weird details to uncover. Or they have this like, this motivation to sort of to get really good at a particular mission. You know, it's like, oh, you want to unlock the. You want to unlock the the title of super big boss, and you want to get like the special alligator hat, and you want to I don't know you you want to get all the the dog tags like that. He has all these sort of this added value, you know, stuff in there that makes it feel like a bigger game. But end of the day, like his games aren't that long. Um, 
Phantom Pain just kind of like it did a weird thing where it spaced out all the story missions between like weird kind of busy work. Yeah. Whereas previous games would be like, anyway, here's your main story. It's you, you got to go. You got to do the, the, you know, enter the secret base and blow up the robot and then, you know, do the Jeep chase and then uh, here, are the, here are VR missions and extra <laughs> bonus challenges. Like there's always sort of, you know, extra crap tacked on. And yeah. then, yeah, sort of Phantom Pain sort of padded itself out. Yeah, I'm curious to see what DLC for this game could possibly look like. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I think the online stuff is going to be like very weird, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I did want to talk about some of the specifics we saw. Um, our intrepid freelancer Colin Stevens, as well as Joe Scrabbles from our UK team, were putting together a list of basically all the gameplay elements we saw both in the like teaser feed but then also in the nine minute trailer as it came out uh the first thing in their list which i appreciate is snow yeah <laughs> there will be snow in this game that's good um just seeing a very uh, a lot of variety of environments i think in this trailer obviously we've seen them across the trailers but to have them kind of coexisting like this i was pretty pumped on that cool ass motorcycle yeah it, it's like a tricycle i think at some point yeah it's, sure like it had two wheels it's in the one front, of those like things reverse that, if you trike. saw that in real life it would be dumb as hell but yeah. seeing it in like a cool video game you're like yeah that's awesome yeah um so the interactive ui as you mentioned for when you're choosing the different items that he'll have to get across uh, stealth and tracking. We saw sort of this like orange pulse emitting from Sam Norman Reedus's character to cue him to get low and move away from that pulse sort mm-hmm. of thing. And um, we've seen that that little the little puppet thing on his shoulder, the little clacky thing. Yeah, it's taking different shapes. And I think since uh, PSX a couple of years ago, we've been sort of speculating that that was going to be almost a replacement for UI elements. Yeah, which I love. I think it's. I mean, that's that's one way of kind of um, sidestepping the ludonarrative dissonance issue. Is like. Why would, I mean, the HUD in the game, why would that take you out of the game? Yep, yeah. I, I love when Ge- Dead Space did that so mm-hmm. phenomenally well last generation. Uh, we saw a bit of actual melee combat uh, with Norman Reedus whacking guys That's with a suitcase. That's my purse! Yeah. That's my purse! I don't know you! Um, obviously, the vehicles, as you mentioned, uh, bridge babies. So the babies we've been seeing, the fetuses in the... Uh, whatever he's carrying on him uh, that we've seen throughout all the trailers or the babies kind of appearing and disappearing in those little containers. Um, the babies are now known as bridge babies. Um, it seems, uh, as we wrote, it appears Sam needs to be connected to one in order to use his scanning devices and to see the ghost-like tethered enemies that drag him through the ground as his surroundings go black um, and orange handprints appear. Um, so this seemingly will be like how he transports to different locations, I would assume. Like it seems to have a very ha- heavy narrative importance. Yeah. Uh, like it's clearly a MacGuffin of sorts for here, but I'm curious how much it'll play into the gameplay. I like how we talked about like Justin Roiland's uh, <clears throat> Trover Saves the Universe, where like super babies are a crazy power up and a collectible, and then we're like, anyway, here's the serious game about collecting <laughs> babies. Uh, I like how some of the babies are just like creepy ass, like Mezco Living Dead dolls. Like they're just like they're the the Toy Story Erector Set Spider Baby. You know, there's like <laughs> weird ingrown hairs and like broken eyeballs, and you're like. Are those evil ones? Yeah, like, what are I don't they? know. Like, what's this weird race of, I guess, sentient babies? Mm-hmm. Like, kind of super intelligent, maybe. Um, so yeah, we see a lot going on. We also get a bigger glimpse at the cast. Um, so of course, like Mads Mikkelsen, who we've seen before in the trailers. Del Toro is in the trailer. Um, Norman Reedus, of course. But we also got some new people confirmed, like Nicholas Wendig Ruffin, the director of Drive. I had a feeling he was going to pop up. Yeah, I, are, I, are they friends? Yeah. Yeah, or, yeah, they, okay. and and um, he worked with um, Mads Mikkelsen on Valhalla Rise. Oh, right. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Kojima and him have been like they've been, you know, okay. screwing around. They seem of a piece. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, my personal, just because I love the leftovers, Margaret Qualley, who was also in the Nice Guys and a bunch of other things. Her character's name is Mama. 
Yeah. So yeah. The names in this. Oh, well, the names. The names are incredible. Well, there's Har- there's Hart Hartman. Die Hardman. There's Die Hardman, and then there's Hartman, which seems like a more normal name. And then there's also like. It's a lot. It, the, this game has a lot going on in it. But um, I'm curious what you thought of sort of all the character work going on. Like, could you parse anything about the relationships Norman Reedus' character is going to have to some of these characters? Because the trailer opens up with him in the Oval Office talking to presumably the dying president. Who is named Bridges? Uh, Did, his name is Sam Porter Bridges. Right. But doesn't yeah. he call her Bridges? Oh, he might. But then Bridges is also the name of the organization the company, he's part yeah. of. Yeah. Is he You're just also super building wealthy? bridges? Is he like the president's son, and he has to go and do? I don't know. I don't know what this. I, like I, I said, I don't know what the hell the game's about. It's weird. Yeah, um, I like no, how the, much the they showed a lot of variations of Mads' character, and I feel like he's going to have probably one of the most interesting progressions. I think he's going to be like that dude is a phenomenal actor, and I'm. I think he's just going to absolutely knock it out the park with like subject matter that we're like wait what huh you know like i think this is going to be very lynchian in the sense that talented actors are like throwing their absolute all at like a story that maybe doesn't necessarily add up you know that they don't even like fully comprehend themselves i want to see if i can find it but we had our ign japan team interviewed i think mads mickelson about a year or two ago and he kind of talked about and intimated that there were like multiple sides to his character and that he essentially was acting different variations of his own person you can yeah you can definitely see that throughout the trailer yeah and especially in that end scene Mm -hmm. um very big difference from like like him in the suit is very different from the opening scene which is very different from the like Mm war-torn mads we see who flicks (laughs) cigarette into the water and everything lights on fire and he's fine because he has dead soldiers with him yeah man he's good he doesn't yeah yeah um i want to call out there's this incredible thread on twitter i saw um by at xck3d uh 3d character artist at insomniac games uh did a super nerdy art thread uh critiquing the death stranding trailers artwork um and goes kind of like frame by frame scene by scene and like heavily breaks down a lot of it is sort of like technical speak so if you're not up on obviously some visual game design language you may not get all of it and some of it went over my head but just basically going into the crazy detail that would go into every single shot like there's the decaying crow and he's like the way every little piece of that had to be individually animated that must have been like a team of people working on that for months like that is their baby that is their thing they got right and that is that scene like he he was just pointing to all these little things that must have taken particular people so long to put together and just like the artistry of everything just in this trailer that's going to be bonkers if this if this is a game that has like decomposition so one of my favorite things in video games period <laughs> ever is the ice cube bucket in metal gear solid 2 which is the one of the most it is completely unnecessary you are on a boat you are messing around it's not even you're not even on the boat to like go to the bar you're at the, you're on the boat to find metal gear but you're <laughs> on the boat and there is a bar and there's an ice cube bucket in there and you can go up to the ice cube bucket and you can karate chop it or you can shoot it with guns and it'll flip over realistically in real time it'll knock the ice cube bucket <laughs> ice cubes out and the ice cubes will melt in real time. And if two of the ice cubes are closer together, They'll they will stick. melt slower uh-huh. because they're keeping each other cool. But the oh. one off to the side is going to melt faster. That's in a PS2 game. Yeah. Like, there's so many, like... This and it is, doesn't affect anything that you're and doing. I don't... Yeah, I, like, I don't know... Like, Kojima put... He's the... I mean, he's the first person to put, like, realistic armpit hair in a, in a video game. Like, he's just, it's those... And I don't know if that was Kojima or somebody working for him or what the deal was, but, like... That's so cool to see. 
And it's so cool to see, like, there's to create a, a space for that, you know? It feels like this trailer implies that this game is going to just be completely full of that sort of level of detail. I love um, it. For reference, I don't know if we actually said at the top of this, uh, the game comes out November 8th. I'm very happy about that. My birthday is <laughs> November 5th. Oh, perfect yeah, timing. Just uh, in time. Hopefully we get the game a little bit ahead of time so you can play it on your birthday. Um, unless they decide to, it's one of those everyone plays on day one. I'll talk to my people. It happens. All right, good good luck there. Um, uh, did want to mention there will be deluxe digital editions, collector's editions. You get like gold variations of a suit and everything. The amount of cosmetic stuff makes me think that might. I mean, I guess a lot of games have that garbage. That's a pretty standard issue. But like, I don't know. I feel like maybe the silliness of it might tie into some kind of online component. Yeah. Like the way you customize your Sam to make it different from other Sams. Yeah. I will say one really funny thing is God of War had pre-order DLC for uh, Kratos' shield. Mm-hmm. And there is no other way in the game to unlock customizable shields, at least it, at not at launch. Maybe it has changed since then and I missed that. But basically you couldn't – it opened up a new aspect of the menu that only if you had the code for these shields would open it up. That's baffling. So it was like a cosmetic thing. Yeah. But also, also I, I love it. If God, God of War has stuff like that, clearly that you know, there's plenty of games that don't have an online component that yeah. have that. Uh, there will be plenty of room regardless. I just it. love how dumb that is. You're like, here's this like gritty, like, you know, this Yoji Shinkawa designed, like, you know, <laughs> earthly spaceman and his <laughs> creepy baby. Anyway, give him some, like, gold stunner shades. Make him look like he's in a Kesha video. That's a good look for that. <laughs> um... But overall, you feel you enjoyed the trailer. I'm so happy about yeah. this. Like this is I I like I like that I still really don't know what we're looking at. Um, it I think it looks sound as a game. Like the little bit we've seen here and there. I mean, just like <laughs> I don't know. Your if your job is to like deliver stuff and like go from place to place and try to you know connect things. Um, and then these like. I don't know, like evil mummies show up. What did what is did you say? Homo demons? I think they're called homo demons. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. Is that just like an? We couldn't do like X Men style <laughs> changes to Homo sapiens. So homo demons. Homo demons. Yeah. I don't know. That's of... a that's a interesting take. But yeah. 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 Um, um, yeah, so like the homo demons are going to show up and they're going to chase you around and you're going to have your little suitcase and you're going to be like, not today, demons. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I don't know. Like I. God, it's just so it's so it's also so cool to look at this and not be like scrubbing through being like, yeah, I have a theory. I think that might be Liquid Snake when he's in middle school. You're like, no, this <laughs> is I don't know. Knows? I don't know who any of these people are. Yeah. Yeah. This I, is totally like blank canvas by not by choice. Yeah. He can't tie this to anything. It's you so know? weird. Yeah. I as someone who never really got into the Metal Gear party of it all and is pretty much starting fresh for the first time with Kojima. I've talked a bit on the show how before of like I am interested in Death Stranding but not excited about it but I think this trailer changed it for me I think the riffin guitar track really helped mm-hmm. that started up and I'm like oh okay I get the tone of this game now a little bit more like there's going to be some goofiness to it that yeah. is just going to be apparent like it's I mean, not going to be off on the so there's a, there is a huge issue with obviously like a team of people worked on this and it is like you know to, to do sort of the auteur factor where you're like one person made this game one person did not make this game but one person made a lot of very specific personal choices and was allowed to yeah. Like a lot of games are very samey because uh, some focus group chimes in on what they think they want out of a video game. And then the uh, board of investors is like, no, we think this is what people want according to data. And then they come in and they tell the creative director that, no, you, you, your main character has to look like this and has to act like this. And the game has to have these components. Whereas Kojima is like, I was traveling in Iceland and I discovered a band uh, called Low Roar. And I decided that, that I want to use their song in my trailer. 
And that's like, I mean, that's what movie directors do. Yeah. Like they're like, I found music that I think is cool, and this is a good fit for this. And there's that level of like, well, that leads people down, you know, new new little rabbit holes and, and turns them on to new things. And, yeah. And it wasn't just like, you know, it's not just like, I think no marketing team in their right mind would be like, yes, low roar, that's good. Also, Apocalyptica, a finish, like finished cello metal. Also, nine minutes. Make the trailer nine minutes yeah. to announce your release date. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I'm definitely more excited. I'm still a little curious, like what moment to moment playing this game will be like. Um, that's still the biggest question for me. But in terms of like tone, aesthetic, their performances, everything, I'm sold on that part of it, and I'm excited to see how all of that plays together. I think the amount of like stuff that we just don't see coming in this, um, I feel like the game, the gameplay is gonna. I feel like we're gonna get the crap scared out of us. Yeah, like you're gonna go around a corner and there's gonna be like the ghost of a whale. Or oh, something. there's gonna be some spooks. Yeah, yeah. There's gonna be and like, or you don't know. You know, there's that there's that awful like bloodborne experience of like somebody from another universe comes into your game and starts messing with you. And yeah. you're like, crap, what am I doing here? I think there's gonna be all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, we have no idea what the potential of that will be, especially if it ever makes the jump to the PS five. Uh yeah. but we'll see about whether that happens. Uh Max, before we go, just very quickly, since this episode's gonna come out, I figured I'd mention it. PlayStation Plus for June. Oh yeah, let's talk about Sonic that. Media, Sonic Mania, and the th- Borderlands: The Handsome Collection. Yeah, that's a good, a good, good it's a stuff. Solid lineup. Yeah, yeah. That's, those actually make sense. Yes, yeah. There's I, like relevance yeah, to both of yeah. those choices. Also, um, I was thinking about it. I, I feel like I don't know if anyone jumped on this, but like we're getting a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It just had Sonic in it, but like how god, just how goddamn disgusting would Knuckles look like in that, <laughs> in that art style? Like they're putting that back. Oh, that was supposed man. to come out the same week as Death Stranding, but they're putting that back in the oven. Yeah, putting that awful baby back in there. You know, the post-credit scene would have been like. Tails and Knuckles showing up. Yeah. Or like an end Knuckles joke. Like a final post credit scene, yeah. We'll, we'll see what will be spared yeah. uh, when it comes out in 2020. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a solid lineup. If you don't have either of those things, Sonic Mania is probably one of the best Sonics in years. I'll, check, I'll, get, definitely I'll is. jump on that. It's well, free. And it's, sometimes you got to play Sonic. It's a lot of fun. And especially if you're interested in Borderlands and, or just want a refresher, obviously the Handsome Collection has plenty for you to play. Uh, yeah. They released the 4K texture update pack for it. Download that. It's like 15 gigs aside from that. Um, but yeah, I think that's a pretty solid lineup. Um, other than that, I'll throw this show back to myself. Jonathan, don't mess it up. Don't definitely, after Max and Brian leave, start to lose your ability to speak full sentences I, I, and mess things up. I properly. feel like this is kind of Death Stranding in its own way, where we yeah. had to post. We had to post record something to insert into the middle, of talking to our past and future selves. We are the future selves tossing back to our own past. We are the. We, are we the Death Stranding? I don't know. The Death Stranding was the friends we made along the way. I would yes. Take it away, me. Yeah. And not crazy. Um, Moving on from that, though, of course, we'll be proven either right or wrong in just probably a day. Moving on from that, though, I wanted to point out this weekend before we were recording the three-day weekend that we had here in the States, Infamous celebrated its 10th anniversary. Hi, Andrew Goldfarb. Happy birthday. Congratulations to Infamous. I'm going to move right past it. Uh, In addition to, you know, just celebrating it with a nice piece of art, Sucker Punch put up a pretty long tweet thread about the behind the scenes of what Infamous eventually became to be, but how its development went. And I wanted to bring up a few really interesting facts about the development of it. Uh, the first thought is that they published was that it was the original title for it was True Hero. They tried out many titles. Uh, this is all quoted from the tweet. And even at the E3 2007 reveal, we were awaiting legal clearance for Infamous. So they had a backup trailer ready with an alternate title just in case. Oh, wow. Luckily, it got proved in time. Um, That's such a they want. It's <clears throat> such a better title than True Hero. True Hero, yeah. Is I that think... the the infamous is so uh, is so nebulous in terms of the title and what that ca- means for your character, especially because that game is totally about deciding if you want to be good or bad. And True Hero is just 
good. <laughs> it's yeah. too clean. It's a very, I think it also just gets lost. Like true and hero are such common words, mm-hmm. whereas infamous is not used That sounds much. like a cowboy game. True hero? Yeah. Yeah, true American hero. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's, a cowboy that hat. doesn't fit well at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but also maybe we're thinking about that in the context of 2019, where there's a million games and you need a name to stand out. And yeah. in 2009, a game like True Hero could come out and maybe be like, it, it wouldn't blend in as much as it right. would today. No, I'm with you. There are not 30 games published a day on Steam. Probably it was only four like of which are called True Hero yeah. or some combination <laughs> of those words. Hero True. Uh, in addition to that, they also mentioned in an early version of the game, you could switch out your superhero outfit into civilian clothing by changing in phone booths. So classic Ooh, Superman thing. That's how old this game is. There were still phone booths. Yeah. <laughs> early on, the pitch included superheroic actions like customizing buildings to give a neighborhood new types of shops to keep citizens happy. What? Gentrification, the superhero game. <laughs> That's cr- that is that is really crazy. The studio originally referred to the hero in the game with a much different look. He had like a very long like rocker mullet. They referred to him as Gearwolf. I like the way what Gearwolf. Yeah, I, I like the concept of this sort of like a uh, weird like punk rock Venom character showing up to town and being like, "I put a Panera bread on your street. <laughs> <laughs> I filed a noise complaint with the T-Mobile store." <laughs> Uh, they experimented with light character customization that allowed you to change your hair, outfit, and more. Uh, during development, the hero could use telekinetic powers to draw throwable metal objects like license plates, hubcaps, stop signs, and bicycle sprockets into his hands to use them as weapons. At one point, the hero could do vehicle stunts, including motorcycle parkour, and they have this little video of basically the hero on a motorbike hopping like ledge to ledge like it's a BMX game. Oh, wow. Um, And then in addition to that, they also experimented with the ability to skate through the city using an invisible energy shield. Which I saw the video for that, and it's it's basically like a Back to the Future 2 hoverboard. Yeah, yeah. You see the DNA, though, of Cole's like hover ability very much in there. Uh, And then the last thing, the fun little Easter egg that is Sucker Punch's voicemail, Zeke's voice is still Sucker Punch's outgoing voicemail message when you call them. And someone was like, is it really? And they just put up, or someone was like, what about Sodi Santa Monica? Do you guys have Kratos? And they just like, here's our number. Go call it. I'm <laughs> like, oh, that phone line was probably hammered for 12 hours. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I would not do that to the main IGN line. I hope we get another one of these games someday. I was going to ask, how do you, do you guys feel like Infamous, obviously, Sucker Punch themselves is working on Ghost of Tsushima, but uh, in terms of Sly Cooper, their previous work before Infamous, other studios took that on. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean if the end of Infamous has happened, but Second Son and the expansion First Light were the last we've seen which has been several years now yeah Uh, i have like really fond memories of playing those games around the launch of the playstation 4 um i think that like they they're they totally work as launch games especially because for for ps4 that was such a fantastic showcase of all of just the completely insane graphical and particle effects that that system was able of pulling off um and navigating that system is really that 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 world was really fun it's sort of limited in terms of like open world games that we're used to, like the GTAs and stuff like that, because it's not really about like stealing cars and vehicles and stuff. But just traversing that city uh, was really, really awesome. And like leveling up your character, getting new powers, it's a really, really fun take on the open world genre. Um, we used to have like so many superhero open world games, and then they just kind of died. And so I would like to see that again, although I'm really ha- excited for what they're making next. I kind of hope they keep it in the oven for a little bit, you know, like pull sort of a God of War and just let it you know, kind of let the the good parts like rise to the surface with the sort of, you know, uh, hindsight being 2020 and people's nostalgia and figure out like really what, you know, what does infamous mean? Because it has that, you know, it has that that beauty of infamous is a totally vague and nebulous title. Like it's not like, I mean, even God of War is almost 
too specific, and they managed to do kind of a cool shift with that. Yep. Um, but it's neat because they could they could just be like, hey, here's a brand new character in a totally new setting. Yeah, I mean that's what they were able to do with Second Son. Exactly, so they yeah. they proved that there's like malleability to the franchise, and I do think like um, obviously there was a lot that changed with both the design and the voice actor of Cole in the first couple games. And Cole was never particularly my favorite protagonist, but I did like the ability to mold him a little bit and truly like explore what an antihero with him would be versus a hero version. And there's just this inherent right now as you said like a lack of superhero games and i think they had a really good um a really good blueprint for what these could be mm-hmm. um with some modern updates of course what's the the dude's name in uh second son Ooh. doesn't matter i was gonna say his his car- his costume design is like just perfect like I, <laughs> the I'm, main guy yeah yeah, yeah uh, hey. i'm i'm so fond of like when video games don't go like delson delson, delson. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. where it's like that looks like a that looks like a dude in seattle yeah yeah you know, like totally he, it, and it was not like Let's give him a jacket that we invented completely. It's like, no, this is like what people wear. You know? What was super cool was they, um, with certain versions of that game, they gave you the beanie. And I had it for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. I have, I shave my head so I get cold sometimes. And then it gets <laughs> gets wet and rainy and it's just, it's hard out here for me. So I put the beanie on and it was, it was very nice. <laughs> I enjoyed Thank it. you for that story, Brian. <laughs> um, we uh, obviously are seeing uh, MCU characters or Marvel characters specifically team up with. Uh, video game studios i would really love to see like an infamous game that is basically starring a popular marvel superhero yeah but is only basically infamous in surname they um what was really funny was before spider-man came out that was the big rumor was like oh yeah. spider-man mm-hmm. by sucker punch spider-man by sucker punch mm-hmm. that they made a superhero game they'll make this superhero game it made perfect them. sense yeah. right and i think they still have that dna in them obviously you see they are like generation to generation, their interests really develop and change and everything from Sly to Infamous to now Ghost of Tsushima, like markedly different games. Mm-hmm. Like watching that evolution is fascinating. Um, I did also want to briefly mention though, before we move on, Infamous 2 had one of the best collector's edition uh, tie-ins. It had his Cole's messenger bag yeah. mm. for the collector's edition. I always wanted it and it was always sold out, so I never got one, but I'd, I was like, oh, this is the coolest thing, coolest thing. I went to like a PAX the year after and saw people wearing it and it was like very small. I was like, oh, <laughs> probably probably not that usable, but it looks really cool. Yep. Yep. Um, they had really good sense of character design a lot in that game, especially after the blowback they originally had. I think it's a good um, indication of great character design when they're I, items that they're wearing in the game translate to something that you can wear in real life, and it's mm. and it's practical and believable. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Um, very excited to celebrate the 10th anniversary. Hopefully, this is not the end we'll hear of Infamous, but for now, Ghost of Tsushima is what we're all waiting for from Sucker Punch, so we'll see what happens. I wanted to move on to briefly mention, uh, we didn't really cover the Castlevania collection too much on here. You yeah. can go check out uh, Sam Claiborne's review of it on IGN, uh, and he did like mini-reviews for each game in the collection. Um, I did want to bring up, because it was our exclusive today, uh, as we're recording, but we announced the lineup for the Konami Contra Anniversary Collection, which includes Contra from the Arcade, Contra from the NES, Contra from the Famicom, Super Contra from the Arcade, Super C, I assume Super Contra yeah. from the NES, I don't know Contra too well, Contra 3, The Alien Wars from SNES, Super Probotector, Alien Rebels, Con- did I say Probotector? I don't know how that works. Contra's bad for a day. <laughs> Uh, Contra Hard Corpse, uh, Probotector, and Operation C. Yep, which is the Game Boy game. Are you a big Contra? I love Contra. Okay. Um, So what's awesome about this is that usually these collections are really like anytime you go to play any old Contra games in any sort of modern, uh, on on any modern hardware, you're only usually given the choice of like Contra for the NES or Contra for the arcade. Um, And that sucks because they are very different games uh, aesthetically. 
and sort of just the moment to moment of playing them, like their bullet patterns don't line up exactly the same way. They're just different games. And a lot of people who grew up with the arcade one swear that's the better version. I think most people agree that the NES one is like the classic iconic one. Um, and they're, they're both here, which is really cool. For the first time, you get to just have them all at the same time. Uh, and they threw in some Game Boy ones as well. And I've been playing the Castlevania collection, and it's like awesome what what just sort of like seeing that formula and that that world span across so many different platforms and hardwares and how how that translates to Game Boy and Super NES and NES and everything like that. So having them all on PlayStation is like really, really cool because how else were you going to get a Game Boy game on your PS4? <laughs> hey, you know how like um, FromSoft games all sort of echo classic games, like, you know, a little bit of Ghosts and Goblins, a little bit of Castlevania, a little bit of Ninja Gaiden. I would love to see what a FromSoft version of Contra looks like where it's just like a shooter but you're (laughs) these muscle men fighting (laughs) aliens I mean like you're you go up against like kind of these like grotesque giant freakish Mm -hmm. from soft-esque bosses in this game so that would be that'd be really interesting especially because they would have like weird mechanical body horror infused with guns and stuff like that I mean I love how like Contra (laughs) comes from that era of Konami just shamelessly ripping off Hollywood movies and being like yeah this is our version of that and it's like (laughs) in the same way that Metal Gear is like sort of I don't know it's like Snake Plissken versus Terminator this one's like Oh, what if like Rambo and uh, John Matrix from Commando teamed up against aliens? Yeah, I think they literally traced Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. from Commando on the <laughs> on the box art for the original Contra, and no one has ever like they didn't go to jail for that or anything. <laughs> like, people just let that slide for it's thirty crazy. years. Yeah. It's kind of nuts, and it kind of it became its own thing, you know. Yeah, which is so funny, but yeah, yeah. One of my uh, just one of the best co op like local co op games of all time is Contra. In an age where, like, game preservation and everything is really difficult to always, there's no, like, blanket way for everyone to go about it. I'm really glad these collections exist. Of course, mm-hmm. Konami does not seem to be super interested in just making new games. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll keep getting these. I would love, personally, a Castlevania collection of all the GBA and DS games. I'll, yeah, I, I'm totally but, with you. I, I think that, like, right now the best thing that that company can do is lean on on their history and goodwill that they get from re-releasing classic games rather than doing what they did with Metal Gear, whatever it was, two years ago? Survive? Oh, Survive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'd so much rather see them go, hey, here's the Metal Gear collection on PS4. Please do that. Yeah. Uh, Rather than be like, we made a new Metal Gear using old stuff that people left behind when they quit. It's like, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Where's the pachinko collections? In in Japan. Yeah. No, but I want them on PS4. (laughs) Honestly, I would be kind of into that. Right. It's got, it's got the cutscenes from Snake Eater re-rendered in the that's, Fox engine. Oh, really? That's yeah. true, oh, yeah. Weird. Um, yeah. I, we put that video up a couple of years ago, and it was like people – I've never seen people so split. Because <laughs> they were like, this is gorgeous. I'm so happy I'm looking at this. I hate that they buried this in a pachinko machine in like a smoked-out parlor in Japan. Yeah. It's a very weird one, yeah. yeah. The, the current state of that company is very strange, um, but very cool that we're getting this anniversary collection as well. Uh, moving just totally off, completely off topic from that, I wanted to bring up, at the very least, um, the World Health Organization, who, who? The Who, as I kept referring to them in a meeting which did not go over well. A lot of pinball wizard jokes were made. Um, has That's what the Baja Boys song is about. <laughs> The World Health Organization, yeah, they let the dogs loose in there. It's been bad ever since. It's a terrible joke. Yeah, that it's was not the great point. for World Health either. No, <laughs> letting the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on from the Baja men, uh, they have classified something known as gaming disorder, um, and I want to talk about it just because it's a little complex, and I don't think we can get to like the far-reaching implications of it right now because. Um, 
I was reading a few interesting articles about it, and essentially even the people who are for this classification can't all agree necessarily on what gaming disorder means. Um, but according to the World Health Organization, under the headline, what is gaming disorder? Gaming disorder is defined in their latest revision of their list of diseases, the International Classification of Diseases, as a pattern of gaming behavior, digital gaming, or video gaming characterized by impaired control over gaming, increasing priority given to gaming over other activities to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other interests and daily activities, and continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrences of negative consequences. For it to be diagnosed, the behavior pattern must be of sufficient sufficient severity to result in significant impairment in personal, family, social, educational, occupational, or other important areas of functioning, and would normally have been evident for at least 12 months. Um, first of all, I wanted to hear what you all think about there being something classified as gaming disorder because I think the name inherently, and especially if you see a headline about it, is like, oh, they think we play games too much and they're telling us all to stop. Yeah, it's, yeah. Very, it's very easy for people to run away with this stuff, but the, the key thing that um, I feel like is commonly misunderstood about like a diagnosis or a classification like this is it's effectively just, it is it is guidelines uh, because when you're you know dealing with medicine as a business, basically you need to have you need to have like classifications to put on the paperwork. Like it's all about the paper trail. A diagnosis yep. is like a justification for treatment. So in this case, it's like they're effectively saying, yes, gaming addiction is a thing. And this, this sounds like they took, they did like a, a, you know, find and replace of like, you know, gambling addiction or alcoholism or, uh, you know, compulsive anything and then just kind of swapped it in with gaming. And, you know, it's not, it's not saying that like everyone's gaming too much. It's saying that like, yes, those are those dudes you read about in like Korean net cafes who pass out after 36 hours straight of Starcraft. Well, yeah. And this is a, this is a very nebulous concept and it's one that's tough to quantify. And Max is right that it's basically not necessarily saying this is all inherently terrible, negative, awful stuff, but they are coming up with a word for something that didn't exist 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, to some extent that they're figuring out. Um, I think it's, Sort of telling that a lot of people's gut reaction to this was to be immediately defensive because that's what happens when you confront addicts about things. <laughs> um, but uh, I will say that it's uh, very tough to talk about this because gaming addiction doesn't really mean anything in the same way if you said someone was addicted to exercise. Like you could be brisk walking, you could be a power lifter, you could be running marathons every single day. Um, the way we play video games uh, sort of it, it, it interact with our brains differently. The way I play Tetris is different than the way I play Resident Evil 4. The way, uh, the way I play Animal Crossing, something v very laid back that I play for hours on end and relaxing, uh, is not really the same way I would play something where I'm dying repeatedly on the same boss over and over and my wife is standing by the door tapping her foot being like, can we go? Can we leave? And I'm like, one more game, one more game. Like those are very, very different things. And so I think it's like a little unfair to s just push it all under one umbrella and just call it gaming addiction. Um, but that's probably a good place to start so you can get people into the conversation to go, oh, there's a difference between like being addicted to an MMO and having to be online. Like, I mean, there are kids who like, refuse to detach from Fortnite because there are like events that are happening, right? And you guys have you've all played online games where it's like, oh, you have to you have to do it this day. Mm -hmm. It's appointment based. Like, is that an addiction or is that just like is that any different than like watching TV as it airs, you know? Like I, I don't know. So I, I think it's like it's it's sort of I don't want to discredit this whole thing, but I do think it's kind of unfair to just call it all one thing, although I do understand that that's a starting point for the a bigger conversation. Yeah. Well, I, I mean if I may, the defensive part of it too is a really interesting point to bring up because it's. I think it's fair. It, it's 
it's so easy to be skeptical of stuff like this because a lot of world and government organizations have proven many, many times that they don't really know what gaming is and they don't really know how to treat it and not even just games but like technology at large they don't have a full grasp of how to regulate a lot of this stuff yet and so when something like this comes out it's very easy to just be like they're just they're full of it they don't really know what's going on Mm -hmm. they don't really get it they don't really all that stuff and i think that's where a lot of the defensiveness comes from and frankly i don't know enough about the decision making behind this to know if this is them making really informed decisions <laughs> or making continued sort of like the history of more ignorant decisions around games. Uh, and and time will sort of tell. I agree, though, that I think this is not necessarily a, a bad thing, right? Like right. This, is, this is, as Max said, laying, you know, this is, they need to classify stuff and they need that to do other things. And so any sort of progress on that is not necessarily terrible i just hope it comes from the right sort of informed place rather than a reactionary place that gaming regulation is often comes from you're right because i mean a lot of times it's like a guy in congress who looks like colonel sanders being like oh you know what ever happened to your cuberts and your pac-mans and right like, it's been a long time since then and we know, don't like, and we don't know or at least i don't know if this is one of those cases or if this yeah. is actually something changing in that regard i, I will say that like I, I love video games i've dedicated my my life to them, basically. Uh, but it, there is something inherently sort of sedentary about it. You are not outside. You are not really moving around aside from like some specific games. Um, and so I think there is a danger to doing anything like that for any length of time. But on the same page, and this is sort of whataboutism, but like, is there a similar study about Netflix checking in every six hours to be like, are you still alive? Are you still watching? Um, like we we use the word binge affectionately when we describe television at this point. Like, and that's, you know, like I, I think that like we we all went to go see a movie the other the other a couple of weeks ago that like was the culmination of a twenty two movie long arc. And Booksmart really proved to be a great exactly. Film. And yeah. I think like I was surprised that they killed Thanos at the end of Booksmart, but you know that he had it coming. Um, no, so I <laughs> guess there's he obviously have street smarts. Yeah, I, I don't want to be like, well, what about that guy over there? He's addicted too, but it's to, to Netflix. Like I think this is all it's all part of a bigger thing that our species is is careening towards, which is like like these sort of shut in quiet sedentary people well, and that it's all a danger i think I, I think that there's also it's interesting to look at that because you don't see i don't know if there's a classification for people who are like addicted to reading or to movies or to stuff like that um i know there are studies about that with social media mm-hmm. uh and I, can, I can't help but wonder if there's if there has to be sort of like an almost interactive component for it to be properly compulsive um because mm. i know tons of people like i know there's a name for for specifically for book hoarders mm-hmm. like for, and i don't know if those people read all those books <laughs> i like a, i have a whole bunch of books i haven't read and i'm like i have too many books but i can't get rid of them they're full of knowledge <laughs> well yeah there's that there's that i forget you're totally right there's like a japanese word for it that i'm forgetting but it's like a, where buying the book is is like the act but reading it is like secondary mm-hmm. and it's, it's more about like collecting and hoarding yeah but there's um, also i mean with games you see there is like there is a there. there's a there's a oh yeah yeah i think that's it Huh. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's exactly it. Thank you. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, you see people do things compulsively. I think that there's there is, uh, it's harder to fall asleep while playing a game than it is while watching a movie or reading a book or mm-hmm. like listening to the radio or you know watching Netflix. And it's something there's something odd about that. In the same way that like there's that weird little 
that little loop you get stuck in where you're checking, you know, checking Facebook and tabbing over and checking Twitter and then back to Facebook. And you're like, what am I doing? What, why am I why am I on these things? Yeah. Two hours later. Yeah. Why did I just do and that? And we all yeah. do that and none of us know why. Yeah. And that sucks. That's a thing we started doing 10 years ago and we all do it. Yeah. And like I'm, where you close Instagram and open it again. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've been playing like, I've been playing Rage and I feel like sandbox games are like especially egregious about that where it's like, here's the checklist. Do you want to complete the checklist? And it's this kind of like anal retentive, like I've got to, I've got to make all these have little green check marks next mm-hmm. to them. I mean, oh, yeah. It's the whole, the mentality behind like, you know, platinuming a game is like making sure you really just do everything and like yeah i mean we cover an ecosystem that literally gives you a digital trophy photo when you do everything that there is to be done in there and there's an accomplishment to that right there's like an actual reward to it there's bragging rights there's everything Mm -hmm. and so and that doesn't that doesn't mean it's a disorder you know i'm not yeah yeah, there's there's definitely room for that where some people some people are better at putting the controller down than not you know and that's sort of like how does that at what point does it affect your life you know yeah i mean when i was a kid my parents were always just like why are you playing video games you're sitting in front of the tv twiddling your thumbs and i'd be like you're not wrong <laughs> but what do you want me to do and they'd be like go outside and like get arrested <laughs> and so you did <laughs> yeah, and so i did <laughs> and you know? here you are now yeah go outside and get in trouble but just to play devil's advocate very briefly devil's advocate is not out yet i, I do know two people who both had to drop out of college because I played too many video games. I know people like that too. One on WoW and one on League of Legends. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's I totally get it. It happens. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I think we're in such a different age. Tom, as you said, I completely agree. I think a lot of the defensiveness comes from, especially the U.S. government, being like, "Games are bad. You should not play games. They're terrible for you." Whereas maybe there is a good intention in here of, especially as the conversation around mental health and all of our relationship with it continues to expand and be more complex than we ever used to really think about it. Maybe there is something that is part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, for reference, the revision that includes gaming disorder won't take effect until January 1st, 2022. So get your gaming in while you can. Yeah, buddy. before they take all the games <laughs> yeah. away. Um, get those plats, man. <laughs> you sound like a Rick and Morty character. Hell yeah. Um, speaking of, we'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, I think obviously there will probably be a lot more discussion before it takes effect. Uh, and we'll, of course, continue to update that, um, whatever that discussion may be on IGN. And remember, it's not addiction if no one sees you do it. <laughs> It's <laughs> not true. That's not no. That's, that's the joke. <laughs> Moving on from that, uh, wanted to bring up another report from last week that who knows with the news cycle these days may be outdated by the time the show goes up. Because welcome to 2019. <laughs> Call of Duty 2019 is allegedly titled Call of Duty Modern Warfare. A technically not a title that has been in the franchise before, God. because previously. Call of Duty 4 was called Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Mm. Um, this comes from both YouTuber and Long Sensation, great name, as well as yeah. Kotaku's Jason Schreier, who confirmed that he has also heard this. Uh, Activision has not publicly commented about this. We don't know when or where the next Call of Duty will be revealed. Of course, E3 is right around the corner, so that feels like a pretty good candidate. Yep. Uh, Schreier also referred to the game as a soft reboot, which, of course, with the title Modern Warfare would make sense, uh, given that the first Modern Warfare is such a prolific part of, I'd say, not just the Call of Duty, but the entire first-person shooter genre, and yep. a lot of modern gaming and storytelling in it. Um, I first wanted to ask you all, uh, right after this came out, there was a huge debate about whether calling it Modern Warfare was a stupid idea. And I want to preface this by saying, not knowing anything about the game that they are developing or what is in that game and its relationship to past Modern Warfare games, should this be the title, how do you feel about that as a title in a world where we have 
reboot title. I think it's stupid, but not as stupid as arguing about it. (laughs) I watched a movie this weekend that was called Halloween. It came out this year, and it is the sequel to another movie called Halloween. It came out a long time ago. Max, you and I went to go see a movie called The Predator, which is different than Predators and Predator. And Alien versus Predator. Yeah. And AVP 2 Requiem. And if I may, The Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, Fast 5, Furious 6, Furious 7, The Fate of the Furious. What's the other one? The Johnny and Locke or whatever? Johnny Knoxville goes to town. <laughs> um, it's Hob- Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. See? Um, Featuring Pitbull. Modern Warfare Probably. is their, it, it is their more, most recognizable, iconic title associated with call of duty period there's a reason like they don't this isn't about advanced warfare or one of the other ones that you already forgot the name of because they're generic modern warfare is the one that like is has stuck in people's heads for for a decade now and so it's smart do do i care no (laughs) not at all i won't i won't touch this game but i'm just sad they didn't do modern warfare yeah that was my holdout but i i I, I, War for like I, I agree War. With Max. What is it good for? That's I agree with Max line. to a certain extent of like man arguing about this is whatever when we had yeah. God of War and yep. all that sort of stuff. But game the, of the year, God of and War, Spider Man. Right. The 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 main thing to yeah. me is I prefer Call of Duty Modern Warfare as a soft reboot to Battlefield One being oh, God, the sequel yeah. oh, to that. Battlefield yeah. Four and the prequel to Battlefield Five. How about Xbox One being the sequel to Xbox Three Sixty? <laughs> like, whew, man, like, who? Yeah. This is not the first time that someone has done a dumb name. Also, everyone is going. Everyone is going to call this game the new Call of Duty, yeah. which is yep. the only thing they ever called the new Call of Duty. And when that is done, they call that last year's Call of Duty, and then they call the new Call of Duty <laughs> the new Call of Duty. Y'all playing the new Call of Duty? No, I'm playing last year's Call of Duty. You know what's good? Grace Hall, Call of Duty fans. <laughs> they're not calling this new Modern Warfare. Yeah, they're not doing yeah. like a new Super Mario Brothers U or whatever. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, someone pointed out. Yeah, if they had gone for new Call of Duty, I personally like Modern Warfare. I loved. I'm not really a first person shooter player much these days because I'm not good at them anymore. But mm-hmm. Modern Warfare obviously was very important to the genre, and I think them going with that name, I'm excited to see what they try to do to make it live up to the like legacy of that. I I think that's the more interesting thing than there was like a three four year stretch where I played all of the single player campaigns. Yeah, and then I was walking through the office one day when somebody was playing there. Somebody just goes, "Hey Brian, you want to see the end of the Call of Duty?" whatever it was called that 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 year world war ii and it was just like kevin spacey and like uh, some guy's hand fell yep. off or something I, and I was like i don't want to see this <laughs> the stupidest thing i've ever seen and so i just walked away i was like wow that that's that's not going to age well i was right on so many levels and then i, I just stopped caring and then they like last year they're like there's no single player campaign and so i was like oh great I, this is even easier for me to not interact with. To me, this means there very much will be a campaign. Yeah. Like, to me, this means a campaign is very important to what this game is. Yeah. Because this, of how important... Call, Call of Duty is like one of the most popular things on Earth that everybody hates. <laughs> like, it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's like if everyone was mad at McDonald's all the time. Well, it's we, like, it, everyone is so pissed off at Call of Duty. We made a Fortnite video the other day, and half the comments were like, Fortnite's for babies. And it's like, well, that's a good way to show you're an adult. This also, why'd you click on it? It says <laughs> what it is in the title. Yeah, but I mean... Why'd you come in here just to yell at us? <laughs> we talked about something similar when Bungie left Activision, where we were like, man, Activision is still one of the largest game creators in the world, yep. and all they make is Call of Duty and Spyro remakes, right? Like, that's all they do now is 
occasional remakes, and one Call of Duty every year. And just because of how popular Call of Duty is, they're one of the biggest publishers in the world. It's, and I'm it's not crazy. talking about I'm not including Blizzard, Blizzard in that, King obviously. And all that. But it's yeah. in the it's in the like the top five or seven of NPD every single month, yeah. every year yeah. for the rest of our lives and for every every day we've ever lived. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> it's just Call of Duty all the time. Constantly Call of Duty. GTA five, Call of Duty, yep. NBA two K. You can always rely on being Red. There. Red Dead's in there Red now. Red Dead will now be in there. For Maybe a bit. you can throw in Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah. true. Um, MPD's kind of boring. It's basically there's like six slots on MPD that are free for everyone else in the world, but it's it's just Mario Kart, <laughs> Call of Duty, GTA, and Red Dead. Maybe a Madden. I like I like that they're calling it this, and someone's gonna get mad at me, and I don't care. Um, but you call something modern in 2019, and it's different from what modern meant in like 2004. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what about with the sequel in 2007 or the sequel in 2010? <laughs> It's a moving target, you know? Yeah. Those numbers might be Call of Duty moving target. What's my duty this time, caller? (laughs) Caller, you're on the line. What do we got? I want to know what what celebrity is going to be in this game. Yeah. I think it's Jim Brewer. You think it's Jim Brewer? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. He's having a year, man. I'm pushing for Whoopi Goldberg. The Brewer sounds. Actually, they could call it. They could call this game Call of Duty: Modern Jim Warfare, Brewer. Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare three times over, and no one would care. But if they were like, and the star of the game is Whoopi Goldberg, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I would love that. I'd yeah, be I, like, I got to buy my first Call of Duty game in a while. You know how uh, Jeff Goldblum was in one of those Call of Duty games? Yeah, a lot of them. Were. Yeah, well, yeah, a lot of a lot, a lot of people. A lot of the Jeff Goldblums. Yeah, a lot, the Jeff Goldblums of the world. Danny Trejo. There was so Fly was Jeff Goldblum. I thought that was right. I thought yeah, that was he was wacky and bonkers. I found out that he was in the Goosebumps game, uh, like it was the Return to Horrorland or something. It was called Modern Warfare. <laughs> it was no, this came this Warfare. game came out in like 1996. Jeff Goldblum played like Dracula Jr. a million years what? ago. He was in a, a freaking video game playing he, Dracula. Really? Yeah. He was the voice in the the Jurassic Park Tycoon game, whatever that was. Oh called. yeah, he's been, he's been in like I think surprisingly a lot of. Videos. I hear a, I hear a list feature, guys. Top five. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy, get on that right now. Uh-huh. Um, he was that fish in that creepy fish man game from a million years ago. The Dreamcast one. Yeah, I thought that was John Cleese. No, not actually. <laughs> I was like, what? I believe you, but was it um, John Cleese? Might have been. Oh man, I still want Call of Whoopi Modern Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so sorry, we, go, we, we should talk about this. Someone Photoshop that. Get back to work here. Somebody's writing us an email right now. I can hear it. Uh, I can hear them <laughs> typing. You guys spent too much time talking about Whoopi Goldberg. Get get to go to the news. I'll talk about Whoopi all day. Um, fun fact about Welcome Call of Duty. Our- as much as you were saying Modern Warfare is one of the biggest like associated things, we looked up Google Trends for the last few years. Black Ops is more of a familiar term to people, like more search than Call of Duty. Wow. Yeah, like people go by Black Ops, not Call of Duty. <laughs> wow. So... They should just change the name to Black Ops Colon Modern Warfare. And we'll see how people feel about that. Um, <clears throat> before we move on, just because a lot of smaller news stories broke today, just wanted to briefly run those down. Feel free to shout out anything that interests any of you guys. Um, Dauntless, which cro- uh, debuted with Crossplay, as we mentioned last week, uh, the Ooh. first game to debut with Crossplay across platforms, including PlayStation, surpassed 6 million players in its first week of full console launch. Uh, so, obviously, a lot of success there. Am I the only person that keeps reading this game name is Dauntles? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? Just checking in. It's I, just don't, you. I don't. What are you, eight? Yeah. <laughs> Statistically. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> uh, Call of Whoopi. <laughs> A few days ago, we put up a trailer for a game called Baldo. You should go check that out. It basically looks like Zelda meets Nino Kuni. Speaking of things people call me. 
<laughs> Nino I, Cooney? Paul no, I don't. I cannot think of the last time the title of a game sounded so much worse than it looks. It looks so good, and it yeah. sounds like the <laughs> dumbest name. No, it's it's like making like a like a beautiful JRPG rhythm game and calling it dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> An epic 80-hour RPG starring the boy, Dipshit. <laughs> I'm, when you say Baldo, I Baldo, either, think, uh-huh. I either think of Where's Waldo, that weird hipster <laughs> pervert who just goes to like nude beaches and medieval sieges. And, Technically, we or, never see Waldo without his hat, so he could be a Baldo. He could be. I know you see his hair coming down. I guess that could be like those Guy Fieri visors, though, and it's just like hair attached it's just to the beanie. Yeah, a little sticker that yeah. he puts on the side Or of I think head. of that like whimsical wolf film from the 90s, oh, Balto. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right, the bald dog. Maybe it's Baldo. <laughs> Maybe we're just or Baldo. Baldo. Well, now I'm thinking of Balky from right. Perfect Strangers. I think it's down to bad. And Sea path. of Solitude, that really pretty looking EA original, comes out July 5th for consoles and PC. Woo. So very excited about that. Bless uh, you, Jonathan Dornbush, for reining us in today. Anytime, more than happy to. You, if you're watching the video, you can see me drink the coffee and then watch the effects. <laughs> <kick in. laughs> I'm normally known as the loose cannon on the show, so I'm happy to play the straight cop to you. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on from News Crunch, which I'm just playing the theme again. Is it playing? There we go. The, the computer was muted, sorry. Uh, moving on from that, I wanted to have a bit of an extended more topic on what we're playing because this week includes a few really awesome PSVR games coming out. Uh, also, Five Nights at Freddy's VR, which we have not played here um, beyond a preview event, so can't really speak to that, but that also comes out this week. But first, I want to start with Trover Saves the Universe. Yes. Tom, you reviewed Trover Saves the Universe. I did. What did you give it? I gave it an 8.7. So disappointing. Yeah, just real bad. Yeah. One of our worst scores yet. Mm-hmm. Out uh, of 100. <laughs> 8.7 out of 100, yes. So Trover Saves the Universe from Squanch Games, which is run by Justin Roiland, the co-creator of Rick and Morty. Which, real quick, yes. I think used to be called Squanch Tendo, yeah. and then it they was, changed yeah. the name? There's probably some legal shenanigans going on there, I would assume. Weird. Stand your ground, Squanch. But yeah, I, I liked Squanch Tendo as a name. Anyway, now Squanch Games, uh, they made Trover Saves the Universe, where you play as a Cheropian, yes, uh, an alien race of people who sit in their chairs all day, yes, uh, and you end up controlling Trover. I don't remember what type of alien Trover is called. He's an eye hole monster. Eye hole monster. Thank you very much. He doesn't have yeah. He doesn't have eyes. So um, you can put super babies in his eye sockets. Yes, and you control him via a super baby in your in-game controller. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Trover can be played either in VR or out of VR completely. Yeah. Uh, Tom, what did you think of the game? Give us a little overview. I really liked it. Uh, some the, it's funny. I woke up this morning. I was looking at some of the other reviews, and they actually range a little bit in score, which is fine because reviews are opinions, and everyone has a different one, and that's all okay. Uh, I think part of that is I love Rick and Morty. I really, really love that show, and. If you've seen that show, you'll kind of know what to expect humor-wise from this game, especially if you've seen the, I believe they're called the interdimensional cable episodes, which are basically just these weird improvised. TV shows and com- commercials that are on interdimensional an interdimensional cable box. That's kind of the vibe of this whole game is just this loosey-goosey, feels like basically they wrote down notes about what the script was going to be and then, then just riff. And just improvised? It. Yeah. That's great. And a lot of that shows where you can leave conversations way earlier than they will stop talking a lot of the time. Like, there is there is minutes probably hours of dialogue where you can just sit there and just listen and it starts right off the bat where you're in your chair and the tutorial like what teaches you how to control the game right and this is the very first scene so you're not going to get anything spoiled here 
is you're in your chair in your house watching a TV show where it's like a Maury style like couple fighting on TV and one of them's like why don't you ever turn your chair using the right stick why don't you ever do that and, <laughs> and the wife is like I'm not going to turn my chair just because you want me to turn my chair with the right stick using the right stick to turn my chair like it's just that sort of thing that's and you, awesome and you can just turn your right with the right stick and then it'll go on to the next thing but there's like a solid at least three minutes of just listening to them yell about the right stick being used to turn oh my if God. you want to listen to it. That's so smart. Um, and the game's pretty reactive to that stuff. So yeah. I'm about halfway through it and really enjoying it too. But yeah, there are certain scenes where you are talking to someone and you can just leave and then they'll start talking about something else. And if you come back to them, they'll react to you coming back and like interrupt their conversation with them. You can interrupt them mid something happening and they'll react to you acting early rather yeah. than waiting for dialogue to play out. There's a lot of responsiveness in there. It also took a couple notes and it doesn't do this. I don't think nearly as well as God of War, but it definitely took a couple notes from God of War's Mimir conversation stuff where if you do something in the middle of Trover talking about something, he might be like, Oh, oh, oh one sec. And like, tell you something else and then it'll be like okay where was I and pick up in the middle of something and it doesn't do it I think it's not nearly as smooth as what God of War does but it is really welcome in a game that is all about dialogue to not have just these really hard breaks all the time mm -hmm. so I liked that I uh, I previewed this a while ago and I'm really excited about it because um Justin Roiland's last VR game, uh, Accounting 101, is like one of the funny. I think it is like the funniest video game I've ever played. It's ridiculous. And so much of that comes from the fact that they they do allow that that breathing room for improv. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest problems is that like comedy obviously is very subjective and it also has to it's got a lot it relies on rough edges. It relies on a certain amount of chaos whereas game design is exactly the opposite and you have to like I don't know when you've heard a joke 50,000 times because you're QA testing it, it probably, you're probably like, I can, we can cut this, get mm -hmm. this out of here. But like the fact that they've got him, I, I think someone was telling me like he was in and out of the booth just like, he would just give them like new dialogue. Or they, they'd be like, try, try saying this. And he would just do his own weird spin on something. And yeah. just, and he also like, he's, he clearly, he gets games, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the other part of this that's really important, I think, is that it's a fun game. Beyond all of these yucks and jokes, it, it, it's it's actually a good, it's a very simple VR platformer. It's not overly complex, especially later on it gets to the point where there's they've given you some other abilities that sort of work in really cool ways where the combat sort of sharpens up later. It's fairly simple, but it's really solid. It's just a good little beat-em-up, right. right? It's not, until you get to that later stuff, it's not anything to, you know, like gush about but it is still just fun and satisfying and amusing and there's a lot of times where you're having these combat moments where they would otherwise be relatively simple and the comedy that is happening around them is really really funny and really supports the fact that like this otherwise simple but really solid game so i i like the fact that it's not one or the other. It is not just a comedy game, and it's not just a platformer. It actually does both pretty dang well. Yeah, I think the way that it uses comedy in tandem with a lot of the scenarios you run into, whether it's like at the end of a level without spoiling what it is, but you have to choose between two options at the end of like essentially the first level of the game, and it will very much react to how you're deciding where to go and what to do, or you can come across certain scenarios where enemies are talking and then interrupt them, interrupt them, and they'll react to you. There's a lot of that in there, and I think it plays off it very well. Yeah. How, how long is it, would you say? Uh, it took me about four to five hours to beat. Okay. So, and that was shorter than I wanted, to be honest. Really? I, I had heard mm -hmm. that it was going to be eight to nine hours just through whatever, and 
I got about halfway, th- or I finished it, and I was like, oh, man, I, I could have gone for another four hours of this. Right. Which is ultimately a compliment, but it was also just a sign of what I was saying, where it does it takes till about two or three hours in to get your full suite of abilities, and one of those abilities is the ability to actually like grab objects as the Cheropian and throw them at enemies. And so there are enemies where you have to knock off their armor with thrown objects first, and it becomes this dance of like, Trover, ha- you have to use Trover to hit an object up into the air and then kind of catch it with your vision and throw it at another enemy so that you can weaken them so Trover can actually hurt them. And that's his really cool ballet, but there's only like a couple levels that actually use that before the game ends. Mm. Um, I hear today, and I wish they had told us this beforehand because I think it's pretty cool, but they just announced today that they're actually going to be doing free DLC drops for the oh, game. Oh, awesome. Sweet. So instead of, the, this was their reasoning on their site, was actually that instead of just the game getting cheaper as time goes on, what they're going to do is they're going to keep the game at full price for a longer time and just add things to it. And it's a perfect game for that because the whole navigation system is you have a teleport pod. So all they'd have to do for a DLC is, hey, we added a new world. Right. And you just, you just show drop in and there's a new world and there's it would not break the continuity it, at all. It would fit right in. It's a Rick and Morty game that doesn't say the words Rick and Morty yeah. in the title. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is, yeah. it is barely not a Rick and Morty game. Right? <laughs> like, Trover sounds like Morty and Trover's boss sounds like Rick. Rick and and yeah. like that's Or no, not Trover's boss. Sorry. The, the, the main villain Clorcon yeah. just sounds like Rick and yeah if if they wanted to make this licensed they could have right there's the uh, there's the VR virtual Rickality game yeah. which is the job simulator guys and squanch squanch games Another working together one. I feel like this and accounting are like they feel more authentically Rick and Morty in, in terms of how genuinely weird they are yeah. than the official Rick and Morty mm-hmm. game is yeah. which yeah. is that checks out as yeah. weird as it is you probably have to jump through a lot more ho- hoops hoops with yeah. that. Uh, whereas with this he could do whatever he wanted yeah. and it still feels a piece um, I will say in the game there's a collect- collectible in each world, mm-hmm. the Power Babies. Green Power Babies. Be- Green Power Babies. Be sure to read the descriptions for every Power Baby. Dude, it's nuts. They're all different and they're all weird. They sound like things you guys would just say <laughs> while we're doing audio tests for this show before we air. And that they makes just sound like descriptions there, for that. Yeah. There are, I think, at least 100 or so Green Power Babies in the game. And there's a lot to find. And every single one of them has a unique face like weird jokey face and a unique description and they're just madness and you don't have to ever open the menu that is looking at these right it's just one of those details where it's i'm really happy that this wasn't just a like a paper thin experience it is actually a game it is a full game and i'm glad we're getting those in vr more regularly now yes and speaking of that another game came out this week Blood and Truth, um, as of this show airing, there's probably not a review up on IGN yet. I'm sorry, Tom. I had family over this weekend, but I'm working on the review, everyone out there who has asked. Um, How dare you not hide in the helmet when your family comes I know. Over. I'm sorry. I had to go out to dinner. <laughs> Blood and Truth is a them. game about family, damn it. It That's is. True. It's a game about a crime family, um, and I don't want to go into too many spoilers about it. It is available as we're talking about this. Um, I've played through the whole game. Max, you finished it, and Brian, yeah. you're almost done with yes. it. Yes. Um, I want to talk, first of all, hear from you guys, because obviously I'll be writing a lot more, but I want to hear from you first, both about how you feel about Blood and Truth. For those who may not know, it's made by Sony's London studio. Uh, they created London Heist, which was part of the PlayStation VR Worlds bundle very early on, I think launched title-ish thing for the yeah. PSVR headset. Uh, this is a much more fully featured version of that. This is a game with a cohesive story, many multiple levels. Uh, there's a time attack mode, challenges, etc. So what did you two think about it? Um, I love this game. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like straight up one of my favorite PSVR games, like hands down. It's uh, I think it's it totally plays into the limitations of what it what it, like if you took this game out of VR, it would be just sort of like a double A sort of mid two thousands point and you know something like that you would see on the Wii almost like a kind of like a light gun game in VR like Dead Space Extraction yeah or like Red Steel <laughs> Two or something like that yeah. you know like something you're like you're like oh that's ambitious it's cool in VR it's a totally different thing and it makes it so much more fun and interesting um, I don't want to spoil anything but there's like a travel montage early in the game after like a, this sort of like opening kind of just this big opening sort of set piece and then your your character. Uh, gets in a car and goes in a plane and gets to an airport. And each one of those little vignettes only lasts about 30 seconds, but they're all entirely done in VR. And looking around and like kind of geeking out about little details is super fun and interesting. And then the game gets going, the voice acting's really great, and it's basically like a, it's a, a, a shooting game that's very arcadey, but you can find collectibles and little targets around everywhere that will allow you to kind of upgrade and customize your weapons. So it's a little more depth than something like, you know, time crisis or something like that there's a lot of good replayability too. yeah I, i've beaten the whole campaign and very much like i'm gonna go back because i missed a lot of these things they're very easy to miss it's it's really interesting to to have like a sort sort of like you know balls out action game in psvr that it's also full of fun little personal moments and toys and stuff like that there's a there's a, a section where like you're put in front of a turntable and you can move the the crossfader on the mixer back and forth and fade between two songs and put your other hand out and scratch on the record and it's like <laughs> you didn't need to put this in here and but you did because it. it's fun that's one instance yeah yep. i like i don't think i even did that yeah <laughs> like so that's something i really adore about this the london heist demo when i first played it was the thing that like definitively sold me on PSVR. Like I was like, I like the design of this machine, and I this the fact that this is, uh, I mean, yeah, it's old PS Move controllers, but like, there's a part where I instinctively grabbed a flashlight and threw it, and I was like, oh, that worked, and they anticipated that I would do that, and they allowed the game to allow me to do that. Yeah, that's the coolest thing, and this game completely doubles down on that. Um, it every is very... time there's a clipboard, I throw it. Oh, oh me too. Every clipboard. Yeah, yeah. For, for, yep. I think everyone <laughs> does that. The first time you grab it, you just sit down and you just like frisbee toss it. Yep. Have you eaten a cookie? <clears throat> no. You can, no. A, you can eat a cookie. You find what? cookies and you just oh. you hold up your controller to, to the, the headpiece and it goes. But my like I was like little bites disappear. I don't want to ruin what the collectible is, but there's a collectible throughout the game. It and is, you can get a collection of them and you the, can interact with them. The dumbest, it's, it's so dumb. funniest thing. It's really fun. There, yeah. There's a there's um, a scene where you're like a, a couple scenes where you're sort of riding shotgun in a car, which is weird because you're in you're in the UK and they they're backwards there, so it broke my brain a little bit because um, <laughs> I'm like I'm driving in a car on the wrong side. Uh, and I said this when I we played the demo or the the sort of like a vertical slice of this game at the, the VR demo thing a couple of weeks ago, um, but I. I want a whole buddy cop video game. Um, and I was just sitting in the car and my brother's driving in the game and I'm just interacting with stuff. You can reach up and grab like the the little like sunblock mirror thing, pull it down. You can hit the you can like be an, an ass and just hit the 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 button so the window goes the up and down. Yeah. You can like toggle the the direction of the of the way like the air conditioning in the car moves towards you and like huh. you don't feel it, you don't see it, but it's just there. And every single time you reach out to sort of interact with something in this game and it works. It's just so cool. It's great. Yeah. There are there are a lot of things where it's I feel like they just looked at how people how people interact with the world. And like the gameplay itself is fairly rudimentary. You're going from kind of point A to point B and shooting dudes. And then yeah. occasionally you have these like big set piece moments that are phenomenal. They're like the, so fun. The music yeah. swells and you're just like, holy shit, I'm yeah. James Bond right yep. now. Yeah. Um and it's just it's the all of the all of the places where it is like it is 
like feels like a triple A game are in presentation and in sort of how refined everything feels. Yes. Uh, it everything just works. Um, little things like just picking up objects, how you can interact with them. And I got the sense that there's a bunch of stuff in there I, I didn't even check out. Because if you play the London Heist demo, there are trophies for that. And there's like a bunch of stuff where it's like optional objectives where it's like, oh, did you like, did you smoke the cigar? Or like, you know, did you <laughs> high five the man or whatever? The, <laughs> Wait, the thing was. Well, and there are a lot of good levels that uh, let you essentially go off into two dif- different paths. Yep. So you can, there's that incentive to also re-explore mm-hmm. things. There was, there was like a scene where somebody handed me a vape pen and I grabbed it and I, and I was like, all right. And I put it against my mouth and the move controller just bumped my lips, my human man lips <laughs> in real life. And I was like, that's so dumb. Why did I do that? But that was like, that was like really like to have Instinctual. that sort of, yeah, that yeah. tactile feedback of like something actually interacting with me physically, uh, and it being completely instinctual and checking out is really is really interesting. I think like one of the weird drawbacks, and this is not necessarily a drawback. This is sort of my own like uh, immersion walls that I put up. But like uh, the demo, the game starts with you sort of sitting in a chair and interacting with somebody uh, on the other side of a table, and then um, you feel like you're sitting. And I was sitting on my couch, and then much of the game is sort of standing up and moving around, but I never stood up. <laughs> so <laughs> it almost feels like you're in a wheelchair the whole time or you're on a ride or something like that. And you have a couple different settings you can play with that are like sort of comfort wise. You can teleport around areas, which I found the easiest. Um, but you can also kind of flip on like a, a much more interactive motion where you can kind of walk from place to place. Uh, and within all of that, you can strafe. So you have like your, your buttons on your move controller that let you go left and right around certain environments. And so you'll find yourself like kind of peering around corners and looking up in like ceilings and lofts and like looking for collectibles and hidden stuff like that. And it's just like, I, I'm I'm so happy this game exists. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really excited about it. It's with cover especially, it's that thing of like, oh, I have to deal with cover. It's not, I can't just lock into place. I'm not safe. Like yeah. you, the, uh, really, it affects how much you're peeking out or not peeking out where you can kind of shoot blind behind it and everything. I... I loved the just how much freedom it gives you and all of that. I do agree, Max. I think like its highs are the presentation and the stuff where it really like puts you in the middle of mm-hmm. the Italian job or a James Bond movie. I do think like the tech is a little limited to their ambitions yep. um, in terms of when it comes to movement and things like that because you do occasionally feel like I am just moving forward through this environment and I wish there was a little bit more to it. It still feels like but, it feels like an old light gun game. Yeah, like it yeah, feels yeah. like you're. It's not. It's not strictly on rails, but it is like it has sort of rails as options. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's funny how also there'll be like a badass action sequence, and you're like, in order to not puke your guts out, you're moving at like a really leisurely pace and just kind of like yeah. smoothly mm. running through, but you're jumping off rooftops. And <clears throat> yeah, there's a couple moments guys. where they play with slow mo. Yeah, it's really really well done. It's yeah. where so like, good. Uh, some something happens and everything slows. And it's like and it slows down. And you're like, this looks awesome. It's mm-hmm. just yeah. cool to be here. Yeah, we had somebody write in complaining about sort of the the death of light gun games. If you are a person who likes that sort of thing, like keep an eye on on PlayStation VR because this is so totally that. Yes. Um, yeah. To the point where, and I was, I was like towards the end of the game, still noticing little tricks you could do. Like, uh, you, you get like, um, what is it? Like a, the optics for the for the sights. Oh yeah. If you take, also you can you can two hand a pistol grip. Like you'll have your your gun with one hand, and I've been sort of playing it like just pointing one gun out and shooting stuff. But if you take the second controller and sort of like put them together, yeah, your yeah. your hands will grip together in the game. And then if you suddenly put the gun up to your your eyes, you're like, oh. Oh, I can like see through this the scope. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's 
weirdly toyetic in that sense. Like you yeah. feel like, oh, I sort of want to. I want to actually have the sniper rifle like I would. And suddenly you're like, you're actually looking through the. Yeah, scope. I brought them like real close to the yeah. visor because I was like, oh, this allows me to actually see what I'm supposed to be seeing. Yep. yep. Yeah. And you get a uh, you get a pump action shotgun, and sure enough, you have to use both hands to to, to cock actually, it. And yeah. it's just it's so like it's such a simple little thing, but it completely like it completely works, and it made me so happy to just sort of have that just this stupid loud action movie experience. Yeah, I think it's such such a great precedent for like what PSVR games can be and I really hope London Studio is immediately working on a sequel and hope mm-hmm. people really pick up this game <laughs> if you have PSVR because it's so much fun it needs a sequel it fulfills that promise of a VR game of putting you in the movie that you wish you could always star in and I'm so excited to see what the future of that looks like but yeah it's not a bad week for PSVR if you own one or are thinking of buying they announced two new bundles that have these games in them uh, go get those these games are so fun yeah, absolutely worth that, it that library keeps getting better <clears throat> yeah. yeah I'm actually really excited about No Man's Sky <laughs> yeah me too I can't wait to see what that's like in full for a long time um, Brian Max I know you guys have a video shoot coming up do you need we to do. bounce yes uh, yeah, we should go Tom do you mind closing out the show with me happily or are you I can do it solo if you need to no also these me. suckers are whatever man bye guys bye losers smell you later wow the cool modern kids warfare. are gone yeah modern, <laughs> modern warfare whoopi goldberg <laughs> whoa and now we can get to the real beyond tom <laughs> jackson marks nope I'm farther get away that this name. oh no what when was i close i don't remember what it was i don't know i really just hope you tell me by accident <laughs> anyway moving on from that um i did want to do oh man i had a trophy test for this week but they had to leave early do you want to do? Do you want me to just quiz you on a trophy test? Yeah, I think this is my first one. So. Oh, okay. Then I'm definitely going to do just a one-on-one trophy test. All right, um, let's go. All right, let me pull I this up. Promise nothing. So before we get to this trophy test, this will be a run for essentially how trophy test is going to go. I was doing trophy test for a while. I'm a, sorry that we haven't done one in a very long time. But trophy test, essentially, how this new version is going to be, and I think once we fully reboot it, I'm going to keep tally from like episode 600 on of mm. trophy tests but essentially this i the beta this is the, the yeah this is me like figuring out wiped. making sure yeah. yes um no one's wins or losses prior to this will count unfortunately <laughs> um essentially what i'm going to do is i'm going to give you the description of a trophy okay. and then two trophy titles you are going to have to tell me which of those is the true trophy title all right. Uh, I'm going to pull these up. This week's is brought to you by, and not brought to you at all, but this is the game that we're doing it on, is Batman Arkham Knight. Okay. So I'm going to give you the description of the trophy and then two titles. You're going to have to tell me which you think is correct. Um, to involve the audience in this going forward, I would ask that you write in with a game. Uh, so write into beyond at IGN.com. That is our email. You can send questions, comments, memory card segments, which we'll get to in a second, as well as trophy test suggestions. I would like you to send the name of the game you want me to do a trophy test about, and I will do my best to come up with fake trophy titles for it. I also want you to give me one, <clears throat> excuse me, one example trophy test question for everyone. So I want you to give me the description, the true trophy title, and then the fake title. And I will use that in the trophy game each week. I'll make sure to shout you out. Uh, if you want to give a Twitter or Instagram handle, feel free to. Uh, but send me those suggestions. Yeah, I could really use the help because sometimes I just rely on the games I've played. And I'm like, oh, I've already done a Kingdom Hearts trophy test. Probably shouldn't do it for a third time. Good thing there are 12 of those games I know, to it's really from. helpful. <laughs> uh, well, the first one I ever did, I did a combination of all of them. Uh-huh. So I'll probably just go back and... You peaked too early. I know. I did it too well from the start. But uh, this is the <laughs> new version of it, so we'll see how it goes. This is, again, Batman Arkham Knight. So the first description, Tom. Yes is to lock up the Riddler in GCPD is the title of this trophy either Riddle Me That or Solved This Riddle. Riddle Me That 
or solved this riddle? I'll go with solved this riddle. Is the true trophy title? Yes. The true trophy title is riddle me that. Oh! I'm sorry, Tom, you did not get that one correct. I I was thought the the riddle me that is what got me the that rather than this, but yeah. Riddle me that is a bronze trophy for those wondering at home. Mm-hmm. Moving on, extinguish the fires in Gotham City. Is the title Days of Fire or Snuff Out the Fire? What? Uh, probably one of. Hmm. Days of Fire or Snuff Out the Fire? I'm going to go Days because it sounds like it could be maybe like a comic book arc I don't know about. That's actually true. I didn't think about that. I haven't looked up the full history of this game compared to uh, Batman history. Unfortunately, Tom, you got it correct. Days of Fire is the correct title. You got me that time. Um, I I was hoping for that. The next one moving on, I have one, two, three, four, five, six in total. I was going to do another and then apparently stopped because I probably got asked the news question. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) This is the real trophy. I am not making this up because of the funny number, but achieve 69 stars in AR challenges. Nice. Is the title nice job or absolution? What is the true trophy title of achieve 69 stars in AR challenges? In AR challenges. In AR challenges. Nice job or absolution? This one is I. Mm, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of. I'm gonna go absolution because there's no way. There's no way. You're correct. It was Thank absolution. God. It is not nice job. <laughs> but what if it was in Batman Arkham Knight? Rocksteady, please tell us what you're working on next. Uh, <laughs> moving on from that. Use each of Batman's weapons in a single free flow combat encounter. Oh, hey, I'm actually going to change this because I did the reverse of my suggestion. I'm going to save this as the final question. Okay, okay. So that we're, we're yeah, moving we're, on. Yeah, ignore okay. that. That I I'm did ac- that. accidentally the reverse. Okay. So, sorry, everyone. Uh, again, it's in beta. I'm testing yeah, it yeah, to yeah. see, it, is, see this, if it still works. Get the bugs out. Yeah. Uh, the description for this one is apprehend Scarecrow's senior commander. Okay. Is the trophy title Dark Allegiances or Put the Fear in Fear? Apprehend Scarecrow's senior commander. Put the fear in fear or dark allegiances? I'm going to go dark allegiances. Is the true title? Yeah. You're correct. Whoo! I was hoping this was meant more for a panel. I was hoping that was going to really trip up one of these two boys. Mm, mm-hmm, uh, it did mm-hmm. not because you were here. Moving on from that, another Scarecrow question. Survive the Scarecrow's ambush. Is that fear of success or fear the night? Mm. Uh, night is spelt with a K. Okay. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fear the night or fear of success, which is survive Scarecrow's ambush. I was gonna go. I'm gonna go with fear the night because if that means, yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Fear the night. You got it wrong. It's it's fear of success. Really? I know it's weird, right? Fear the night is a good is one, a better man. one. Yeah. yeah thank that's, you. That's that's a good trick. Rocksteady, hire me to do your trophies and also tell me what game you're working on, please. <laughs> uh, final one. This would be what I'd probably use as a tiebreaker. Um, so I wrote two descriptions. Okay. And you have to tell me which is the true description. Okay. okay so okay. the title of the trophy is Cycle of Violence, and it is either to use 100 quick gadgets while in free flow combat or use each of Batman's weapons in a single free flow combat encounter. Oh. So that's where I was. I was reading that description because I thought I had two titles, but I didn't. I had two descriptions. Right. I'm so. going to go with with the, the second one, the all weapons, because cycle of violence sounds like a radial wheel to it me. It sounds better, right? Well, you'd be wrong because it's use 100 quick gadgets on free flow combat, right? What? Yeah, I know. 
Rocksteady hired me to do your trophies and also tell me what game you're working on. Tom, thank you so much for joining me for this uh, new and improved and definitely not at all bumpy version <laughs> of Trophy Test. Do I get this W? You get this win, Tom. You yeah. have the first win of the newly revised Trophy Test. Um, <laughs> if someone out there could catalog for me who has the wins from last ones, I'll do Italian, kind of give people like a handicap slash some wins and I'll, thro- I'll throw some things in there to give people a win um but we'll see how people do i'm probably going to start like the full official tally with tom's bonus one at episode 600 if we can do that uh before we end the show i briefly want to do a memory card segment so let's jump into that of course if you haven't heard memory card before memory card is a segment every week on playstation's our weekly playstation show beyond i got a little tongue-tied there excuse me everyone I haven't had enough coffee today. Where we talk about... Do they have any left? It's empty, no. sorry. It smelled so good. <laughs> Where we read memories from you, the listeners and viewers at home, of your PlayStation life. Something funny, something sad, something hilarious, something whatever that happened to you in your PlayStation life. Uh, you can write in to beyond at IGN.com. Please put the subject line memory card so I know what to read. And we'll be sure to read a few of these on the show. Tom, you've shared a memory card with us previously. I believe correct? I have, yeah. Awesome. I'm going to find the specific one I had here. Uh, Tom, if you haven't listened to the last few episodes, you should. We've had some amazing stories over the last few weeks, including an amazing scheme to sell... 50 copies of a really crappy game to get a PlayStation for $15. Wow. It's very good. If you haven't heard that one, you should go back and listen to it. I had a really great one pulled up, and now I can't remember where it is. This is all going very well. Tom, vamp for me. Do, 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 do. That's not vamping at all. I I, I think back on those trophy test things, though, because that was... Uh, Give me your feedback. Give me your honest... Well, no, 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 no. I, I, it's not feedback. It's just like uh, some of those descriptions were interesting because I wonder what the source is, right? Like I mentioned that I think maybe one of the a couple of those were comic titles or something like that. Like Dark Allegiances sounded like maybe something like a storyline involving Scarecrow. And I wonder because once you get that that's an interesting game especially because once you get a few in, you can kind of start getting a sense of the game and if it does jokey titles or if it does weird titles uh, for for trophies. It's it's neat in that sense. The Elseworlds series took existing comic characters and rewrote them in, rewrote them in different settings and what-if situations. In Batman Dark Allegiances, the story takes Ooh. place in pre-World War II America, with Batman teaming up with Alfred and Catwoman to stop an assassination attempt on FDR. Ah, just took a nice <laughs> sip. Anyway, uh, back to memory card. Thank you, everyone, for bearing with me as I completely <laughs> forgot to start the story I want to read this week. This week's story comes from Luke. Luke says, hi there, my name is Luke. I thought Jonathan might appreciate this story a little long, so sorry in advance, but his subject line went, memory card, parentheses, Kingdom Hearts related with like five exclamation points. <laughs> so you sure know I'm going to read that story. You might as well just slip him a 20 for that one. I mean, I'll take it. Yeah. San Francisco is expensive, man. Anyway, moving on, Luke said, my parents divorced when I was pretty young, so every other weekend was spent at my dad's house. He was always excited to do whatever it was that my sister and I were interested in, which resulted in the purchase of a PS1 for us to all take turns playing. A few years passed, and I had a few friends with PS2s that had games I desperately wanted to play. One weekend, my dad took us to Target and, out of the blue, bought us a PS2 and two games, SSX Tricky and Kingdom Hearts. Number one, awesome two games to choose. Those are two of my favorite games of that era. And two, what a great dad to just out of the blue buy you a PS2. Wonderful man. I have a lot of memories of my dad, quote, watching me play Kingdom Hearts as he knew how much I liked it, and so he was interested too. I say watching because after about 15 minutes, he'd be snoring. But the thought was still nice. 
I'm 23 now. About a year and a half ago, my dad was diagnosed with leukemia. Last fall, it progressed to the point where he needed to start chemotherapy. For his chemo sessions, it was my responsibility to take him. As So I take the day off work and sit with him for a long eight hours once every four weeks. Incidentally, one of his sessions fell on January 29th, the day Kingdom Hearts 3 released. I had been raving to him about how excited I was for the game for months. He insisted that I bring my PS4 up to his house so that he could watch me play the new game once we got home from the hospital. We sat down and I started playing as he watched. Within about 15 minutes, I hear a snore and look over to see him sleeping in his recliner. I found a weird sense of comfort at that moment, despite the situation. This was a reminder for me that no matter what life throws at you or your loved ones, some things never change, and that can be a very, very good thing. Thanks for your time, and thank you for continuing to make the show the best it's ever been. Thank you very much, Luke. It's the highlight of my week every week, and that is from Luke. That's a great story. That's a very good story, Luke. Thank you so much. And as someone who shared uh, video games, specifically the video games you shouted out with their parents, and who has had parents who su- suffered through uh, chemotherapy and forms of cancer, I very much sympathize with your story and hope you are doing very well. Um, thank you so much. Again, if you would like to write in your own memory card, please write into beyond at IGN.com with the subject line memory card. Uh, and we will be sure to read those on the show. Sorry, I keep hitting the mic. I forget it's here. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll wrap up the show. Tom, where can people find you on the lines of the web and the internets that Al Gore created for us and what... Wow, that yeah, that got away. It really did. Yeah, man, uh, I'm. It's really warm in this room, and it's making me loopy. <laughs> uh, they can find me at, at Tom R Marks on Twitter, uh, which you've yet to guess an R name. I will point out, but that's okay. We can keep going here. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I didn't put those dots together. <laughs> And that maybe <laughs> tells you how crazy things can be around the office during pre-E3 time. Woo! Oh, man. I feel like such an idiot. I wasn't even going to point it out. I never even thought about it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I feel like an idiot. I don't even... I don't, don't follow me on Twitter. I'm apparently too stupid to follow. Uh, you can follow Max at Max Scoville and Brian at Agent Pizzle. If you want to follow me, say stupid things. I'm at JM Dornbush. You can probably guess what the M is for because I say it a lot. It's Max. It's not a spoiler. Just Max. Hmm. After Max Scoville. Mm. Yeah. I'm only 13. My parents loved him at the Rev 3 days. So, yeah. <laughs> they named him for me. Uh, anyway, that has been Beyond, episode 593. Remember, Beyond is live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond, or your favorite podcast services around the world. Please remember to rate, subscribe, high five, leave a comment, say hi to us, uh, tell us about what you're playing, tell us about your trophy test suggestions. Remember, please send those in because I'm desperately going to need them in the weeks to come. They really help uh, get things going because that's surprisingly hard to do sometimes uh, when days are busy. So anyway, going on in the next couple weeks. Yeah, it's a quiet time for all of us. Uh, No, we have E3, Beyond 600, Comic-Con, Gamescom. It is a crazy few months ahead of us. And then luckily, there's no rest before the fall season starts. (laughs) So we have quite an exciting year ahead of us, folks, and I'm hopeful that you stay with us through all those crazy times. Anyway, this has been Beyond, and as always... Beyond. Beyond. Now, Tom, do our traditional outro song. Beyond. Goodbye. Ronnie, please use that. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.